Hey guys, welcome back to the Third World Perspective. I'm um, your one-stop shop for almost everything sports. Um, obviously, the pod doesn't have sponsors yet. Um, so basically, we are coming back to you guys, our bosses, the audience. Um, you guys can support the pod. We have a listener support segment. You can support the pod with as little as a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars. So um, basically, support the pod. Help us to create more um episodes and better content for you guys um you can support the pod if you're into that okay uh let's get into the pod two one hey, hey guys. guys hi guys my name is Kalen. hey i'm delmas this is pablo this is jabi this is kevin guys welcome to the third world perspective we are going to give you a third world perspective on all kind of sports you name them beach nba nfl <laughs> F1. Uh, be- beach, F1, <laughs> football, you name them, all kinds of sports. Yes, <laughs> thank Arsenal. you. Ciao. Hey guys, my name is Pablo. Welcome back to the Third World Perspective. Welcome back to another episode of the football show. Um, I'm joined by three very talented guys. Um, three of the most brilliant football minds um, we, could, we can get. Um, let them introduce themselves. Hey guys, Mutoni here once again. Hey, what's up guys? It's Marsh. Great to be back. Bob. Hey guys, my name is Bob, uh, representing Man City full time. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get into it. I think Bob has, has actually broken the, the ice. Um, we'll talk about the UEFA Champions League final that happened on Saturday. Where did you guys watch the game? Um, Go on, Bob. Uh, okay, yeah, for me, I, I was at home streaming the game BT. It is sport. It was a sad game for us as city fans, but we move on. Next day is our year, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I watched with my friends at Sichirai. Mm-hmm. Shout, out, shout out to Ndombi, mm-hmm. Droni, yeah. Manchester United fans. Very fanatic Manchester <laughs> United fans. <laughs> oh, hey guys. You see me and Pablo, we have a story to tell. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, think, I think our story is... It's different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, 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 we never really watched the game, but I, I watched the replay. Yeah, because of, of some, some, some issues which I can't tell right now. <laughs> Explainable. Yeah, um, if, if, we actually, if we actually explain why we didn't watch the game, we'll, we'll actually stay here and you guys will laugh and laugh and laugh. But basically, we didn't watch the game. Obviously, we were following the game as it was going on. Um, basically, since we couldn't watch the game at the at the present moment, um, but obviously the game ended one nil. Obviously, Chelsea are the crown champions. We have all seen the statuses. We have all seen <laughs> basically <laughs> the banter on Twitter. It's too much. Um, we have seen um, King Kai trending, which so, which is something that basically anyone that never have thought of. Um, when back in I think January February when Kaimeni was trending, man, it's 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 actually it's been it's been very it's been very I think very disheartening for, for anyone who hates Chelsea, and um, I can only imagine what Bob feels 
But basically, Pep decided to start um, with a with a very offensive lineup, and actually has come under criticism um, over the lineup. Um, no Fernandinho in the side, which was very shocking. Thomas Tuchel said that he they, he actually expected that Fernandinho would start, but basically he had anticipated the entire lineup except for one person, Fernandinho. Um, Obviously, one nil. One nil is not a crashing. One nil is actually a very big moment that actually determined the outcome of the of the game. It actually determined the result. But basically, I let Bob go first because he's a City fan. Do you think Pep made a mistake when it came to benching Fernandinho? Okay, so hi guys again. I like to say that Pep, when Pep analyzed Chelsea, he was approaching the game based on the perspective that Chelsea were playing a block of three at the back, then further two, another two big, another two in front of the three. So Chelsea plays so much combative football. Pep wanted Sterling so that you know the the good thing about Sterling is that Sterling can take on his man. He likes dribbling. He can win falls. He can make those runs into the box. That was what Pep was thinking when he when he started Sterling. For Sterling, I can understand his selection. Then when it came to KDB, KDB was supposed to be at false nine the way he has been playing, but suddenly he was in midfield, then Bernardo at false nine. So I think Pep, you know, when it comes to tactics, I can't blame Pep. If it could have worked, we could be saying he's a genius, he's the best of all time, but because he has failed now, yeah, we want to scrutinize him. I believe Pep is the best thing to happen to the club. So I'll take the I'll take the failure as an opportunity and as a setback for us to go again next year. He has done well considering where we were at November by November. Yeah. yeah. Would you would you have would you have benched Fernandinho or would you have started Fernandinho? Oh okay for me that game based on everything going, I wish if I was Pep, I could have started Fernandinho and and moved Bernardo Silva. I don't think Bernardo Silva was made for that game as much as he, he was critical to our success in the semis and in the quarters against Dortmund and PSG. This game against Chelsea was not easy. Bernardo is not so good in tight spaces. So Bernardo was the one who was not supposed to start. Not Sterling, but Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Um, actually, Linus said on the previous episode, if you guys didn't listen to the previous episode, you should go back and listen to it. Linus said that Pep has a tendency of overthinking in big games. And I'll throw this at Mutonye because uh, Mutonye basically was... I think, I think Mutonye didn't sleep. Because uh, we went to bed um, something like to, uh, like 30 minutes past midnight. I think Mutoni didn't sleep um, up until the morning. So um, I'll, I'll pause this at Mutoni. Do you think Pep over, overthought um, his tactics? Okay, for me, I think so. Uh, I, I always keep on tagging that Deo episode. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was telling Deo, uh, defense will win your titles. But ge- goals will win new games. Yeah. Now, uh, ever since Thomas came, we, we have been we have, we have improved so much defensively, and uh, that's why Pep felt uh, the urge for more offensiveness in that game, and uh, failing uh, failing to put a, a, a def- def- defensive midfield. I think that was the biggest problem because look 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 at that 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 goal that he scored. Just two passes from the keeper and, and an assist and an easy dribble pass. That's all in the goal. So I think uh, Pep over, overthought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rob Draper is a is a journalist. Rob Draper is a is a I think is a journalist for BBC. He said that um, he said something that he tweeted something that was very that was very um, very smart in my eyes. 
because he said the sheer vitality of Pep's mind, which is his strength, is also a weakness, because he's always thinking and adapting. But, um, th- this makes him reluctant to settle on one way of playing. So in high-pressure situations, um, well-known players prefer familiar patterns. They like playing the way they have been playing. But Pep in high-pressure situations sees perhaps it's not working, so I'll try another way. And actually, it actually determines his downfall every single time because his mind is always restless, he's always overthinking. And it's a very, as, a, as a very good theory, um, basically explain Pep's mind. Obviously, he's a tactical genius. This cannot be cannot be understated. But do you understand that theory much? That the fact that he's always restless, always overthinking, always adapting. Does that seem like Pep? Well, Pep has a tendency of uh, overthinking a lineup when it comes to big games. Uh, I could dare say he wanted, I, I don't know if he wanted to copy Thomas Tuchel's tactics with, uh, without playing a striker, or uh, I don't really know what, what was going on in his mind. But uh, yes, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree, agree, agree with. Yeah. On, on, on paper, what you Yeah, he said, he said, um, Rob Pepper said, it's all, but um, he said, as I say, it is this quality which makes. Pep the most significant coach so far of the 20th century, the fact that his mind is always, is always respected, the fact that he's so brilliant. Um, he said it's almost, it almost makes it fair for everyone else that his brilliant brain is his kryptonite. Okay. I, 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 saw, I saw this tweet and my mind went like this. So, Bob, do you, do you, understand, do you understand this? Can you make some sense of, of, the, of this tweet? Uh, okay, guys. I'd like to add something there. You see, Manchester City has 23 players. We have midfielders, defenders, strikers, every, like every other club. Once you feel a midfielder at midfield, that's not overthinking. I think what Pep tries to do for every match is trying to put the best possible team that can combat his opponent's tactics. Sometimes it works, we call him a genius. Sometimes it doesn't, we call him an overthinker. That's, 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 that's my biggest problem with how we analyze football. Uh, more than football, we've, we've, uh, perspectives change based on the game. When last, uh, if we could have won, I know if we could have won right now with that formation, it could not be called. Uh, people will not be calling Pep an overthinker. They will be calling him a tactical genius. So Pep did what he thought was best to combat Chelsea's style of play. That was not overthinking. That was just him trying to adapt to the opponent, trying to change to make some few tactical tweaks that he felt could neutralize Chelsea but unfortunately for us Saturday was not our day and even that could that is even evident that by the fact <laughs> that we only had one certain target um obviously man obviously I think I think um it should be understood that it should not be understood that actually City played really well to kill himself confessed that you guys couldn't win the ball as you as as much as you wished but um, a moment of brilliance from Kai Havertz, it, it, it should go on record that he's only 21 years old. I have comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on. Uh, I remember when we signed Kai Havertz, my friend here, Pablo, <laughs> said Kai Havertz is the most useless player that Chelsea has ever signed. I stand by my word. Uh, and now look, he, he gave us the title. I do not regret anything that I have <laughs> <laughs> when you look at Kai Havas this season, you know, you know Kai Havas. You, okay, you, you, you expected him to flop, right? 
obviously. And, and, and what was the reason to say that? Okay, what was the most respected he's saying? Um, actually, the, the, um, obviously his talent is very talented. But for me, um, the first few games that I watched Kai Havertz play, he lacked cutting edge mentality, which is actually yeah, remember, which is which is something that is needed in great players. Um, it's it's not enough to just be talented. It's it's also the fact that you have a you have a you have very tough mentality. You can adapt in very tough situations. You can make tough situations. His first few games in England, he seemed like he lacked that. So it, um, I stand by my words. Um, for me, him scoring the winner in the Champions League final is not enough. So I'll see why <laughs> because he might as well disappear after, might, after after this. Season. I might I, the way you said uh, his Kai first Havertz. games. I might blame Lampard for that. You see, when Thomas Tuchel came, looked at how how the performances of Kai Havertz, Timovana have changed our signings. Uh, you know. When you have a team like Chelsea and you have quality players, quality clubs like the players you sign, you need to know how to use them. You see, Kai Havertz, Lampard was playing him uh, as a... As a Basically, did you, see, did you guys see the tweets that um, they were saying that Lampard was somewhere um, in a... Perhaps in a cellar, um, crying into his into a cup of wine when watching while watching the game. Basically, um, I think I think the problem with I think the thing with Harvard is the fact that Tuchel is German. Um, it, I think it has helped his confidence. Um, the fact that your manager basically can speak the language that you speak. Your, your manager basically is, is, is like a big brother, not like Lampard. Because um, Lampard was under pressure himself, so he was actually taking it out on the players. I think that helped Harvard. But but basically, it's not it's it's Lampard who brought these players to Stamford to stuff Bridge. It's it's Lampard who brought in Mason Mount who who who, that's, who, that's who are learning brilliant. That's, that's the only thing I'll ever thank Lampard. It's uh, for 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 for, and not, for, and for not, making us see that we have we have such generational young talents. You want to thank Lampard for scoring all these goals for Chelsea. Um, as a coach, <laughs> it was to say as a coach. <laughs> as a coach. Yeah. Um. I think Tony has something else to say. You see. You see. <laughs> let's let's not talk about Kayamba's beginning of the season. If if you have, if you have really watched during that Lampard era, these girls just building an England. So how do you bench Harvard for six games? Then you give him one game. You see, you see that Kusoefu that uh, uh, players players get and uh, they, they are much they, they start performing. I can give you a good example. Remember Victor Moses when yeah, Conte yeah, came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moses was was trash, trash. <laughs> but you see, but you see after 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 giving after giving more game time, the, the confidence that guy was just exceptional. So I think uh, with the, with the, with the onset of Harvards. Uh, of, of, of Thomas, uh, players like Havers are, are given more match time, and you can now start seeing their performances. Uh, I was talking about the psychological effect of, of things in football. You see, what, when what a team wins, like I think it also boosts the, the psychology of the player. So I think to see more of, of this Chelsea team next season, yeah, because I think uh, they, they are now convinced. Uh, they are a winning team. Yeah. Um, obviously, oh, the, 
Okay, I'd like to say that uh, I'm with Kai Havertz. Yes, don't get me wrong for this. Uh, for me, it's just uh, he cost 72 million is the record signing and he delivered the Champions League. So basically, many people will say that he has lived up to his price tag, but the truth is he hasn't. But he's yeah. still young. When he's given time, maybe in future, maybe in four or five years' time, Kai Havertz might be the best player, uh, might be among the best players in the Premier League, right? Because you can see aspects of brilliance in its in his gameplay. But uh, for now, for this season, Kai Havertz has not justified his his prize. He might have scored. You no, know, the problem I I don't like the way <clears throat> the reason I don't like how football is analyzed these days that we base perspectives based on one game or key moments. Yes, Kai Havertz was the winner, was the match winner for the final. But if we analyze the whole season, Kai Havertz has not justified 70 million, and the final goal will not change that. So let's look over the long term. Maybe it's in four five years time that Kai Havertz is critical to Chelsea's success. He's scoring goals and doing great things. We'll say okay, he justified his prize, but. But for now, it's just this is short term. For the short term, he has not done as as it was expected from him. But from the long term, he's a talented player, and I know long term Chelsea's future is lies with Kai Havertz to be their midfield maestro. I see I see aspects of Michael Ballack in his gameplay, or Frank Lampard when he was scoring goals, or even Bruno Fernandez. He's more of like a false striker <laughs> number two. <laughs> Okay, I think I think Bobby is getting a little bit carried away comparing Kai Havertz to such great players that have come before him. Does Kai Havertz have a Euro? That's what, that's the big question. Um, so has, uh, basically, basically Kai Havertz does does not have a World Cup. Kai Havertz did not win the World Cup. So, <laughs> Um so basically I think American history was made as well we all know Captain America Christian yeah. Pulisic became the first American male and the 10th American overall to play in the Champions League final but the, obviously the other the other um, Americans that have played in the Champions League finals have been have been women we all know that the US side is Rapino. for women yeah the side players like Rapino Morgan those are big players but um he obviously the first Africa, the first American um, male to win the Champions League. Um, I think it, it took near it. It has been more than five years since this has happened. What what amount of pride do you guys have as Chelsea fans that obviously this you, you are on the forefront of history? Obviously, with Pulisic, even Mendy. Mendy is the first African goalkeeper to win a Champions League. Yeah. Also, is is Kenyan people should just. Know. <laughs> ya <laughs> Go on. I'm saying Mendy is Senegalese but he was born in France. Uh, born and raised in France. Yeah. Also Mendy also Ngolo is Congolese but he was born yeah. and raised in but obviously Ngolo is French but he was he was born and raised. Also Rudiger was born in Sierra Leone and is German. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wish one day, hopefully, as the future goes, we'll discuss that uh, how Africa is losing a lot of talent to Europe. Uh, and it's, it can be a fruitful discussion yeah. over time. Yeah, yeah, like you can go on, man. Like Sane, man, Sane is, Sane is I think, uh, Senegalese as well. He was born yeah. in Germany. So basically, I also think I also um obviously KDB went off. KDB didn't finish the game, which is actually a talking point that we have we, we, we almost didn't speak on. Um, he confirmed he confirmed that he had he had a broken nose. Um, he tweeted, "Hi guys, just got back from the hospital. My diagnosis is acute nose bone fracture and left orbital fracture." I feel okay now, still disappointed about yesterday, obviously, but we will be back. Um, I need Bob, I, Bob, I actually need you to react on this. Do you think if KDB played the entire 90 minutes, the result will be different? Definitely. You see, you just go back and look at our comebacks against Dortmund and the PSG. KDB was the orchestrator of everything. You know, when it comes to KDB, yes, these good passes, these crosses that... The last minute you were missing those crosses, if you could see, Walker was trying to bring those passes and crosses that can open a defense, but he couldn't succeed. When KDB went, it's similar to when Salah went out in 2018 against Ramos. That was the game changer. That was the game changer. Yeah, a little. That was the game changer, I believe. It was in the 60th minute. We had a chance to bring a comeback, but sadly our key player, who is actually one of our best, one of the best players, in fact, is the best midfielder in the Premier League, the best midfielder in, in Premier League history. So when you lose such quality during the Champions League final in the 60th minute, it's a setback. And I'm happy that he's resilient and he knows that he has another chance with us next year. And I believe he will do it. Uh, as I'm speaking right now, just scroll through Twitter, I've seen that Pep wants Grealish, Kane, and uh, Sergio Ramos too. Th- those are the kind of names that fills, fill me with excitement. It's clear that the team, based on the recruitment, they really want to go again next year. So you, you Chelsea fans, be careful. Be careful. Next year, it will be chaos. Those three, those three games that you've beaten us, you'll pay for them. Pep does not forgive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I also think you will win the Champions League next season. Uh, yeah, yeah, we need a prediction, but uh, it's just it's just been in my mind. I think you have a fair chance. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's true. This was a good experience builder. It was the first final, so I believe they have learned a lot from this. And but also, it's important to know that losing a Champions League final can be detrimental. We can either go the Atletico, Juventus, Tottenham, where whereby losing one final sets the team, or we can decide to go the Liverpool way, whereby losing that Champions League final in 2018 propels them into more success. So let me choose to be positive and believe that paper even more to go harder next year. Yeah, March obviously is, is is actually coming out with a very bold prediction. I twelve months before the champ- the next Champions League final, I don't think City will win the Champions League. <laughs> Me too. That's, 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 that's a very yeah. bold See, it's, prediction. It's, 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 it's not only City learning from that experience. Yeah. yeah. We we as we as Chelsea are also learning from that experience. You know, when you, when you go to history, yeah. there, there, there is no team that has ever come into the Champions League for the first time final and won it. Yes. Uh, but uh, when you see the, the teams that that came and uh, 
that the, the teams that came and lost in the final, the next year they went on and won, and won the Champions League. That's where my perspective comes. From. I think comes from. I think it's it's only Liverpool in the past three years because yeah. every other team that has actually yeah. lost the Champions League final, they have never gotten to the final again, except Atletico and Juventus. Nah, yeah. Bayern, Bayern Munich. If you want to go as far as ten years ago, Bayern Munich actually lost three, five, two finals within three years. Yeah. They went to three finals within four seasons, lost two of them, but eventually they won it in 2013 against Dortmund. So I think uh, right now, it, Champions League is decided based on mentality. I used to doubt it, but now I'm starting to believe that for you to really be there. <laughs> yeah. But for Bayern, a few years ago, Bayern actually had a few things go their way. In fact, they got they got to the final with a with a with a weekend um against a weekend Borussia Dortmund side. Obviously, they had Lewandowski and Makoroyis back then. But Bayern then were, were the I think they were they were they were the, the, the benchmarkers took a legs to say in Europe. Um, yeah. with, with Robert and Ribery back then and Schweinsteiger, such players. Um, ah, yeah. Philippe Lang. Yeah, man. We know we know we know we know the history, but. Basically, it's very difficult to get to another final. It's actually more difficult to get to another final and win it. But uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. But I, I actually think the chances are much slimmer for, for if, City now. If, if they say that can, I think they have a very fair chance. City signing, that's my point. Other teams are also signing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Basically, everyone, everyone in obviously everyone in the world had their eyes on the game on Saturday. But obviously, everyone is actually thinking about the, how they are going to strengthen this summer. We know Man United are actually not in the race for the Champions League. You can't say we are Champions League contenders, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is actually very. <laughs> Yeah, I'm crazy. Considering the fact that our noisy neighbors are actually speaking about the Champions League next season, which is shocking. But basically, we are, we are looking to sign and looking to strengthen. Um, and it's not only Man United. We know Madrid are, are actually buying players already. PSG. Uh, so basically, it's, it's going to be very difficult for City. I think. Most people, no, most people. Let me tell you something. Let me let me add something. You, you see, signings is not that. It's not like this is the first transfer window in history. Every year people sign, so you can't just say because the other clubs are signing things, the momentum shifts or the equilibrium just suddenly shifts. When it comes to long-term standing stability, Man City has the most stable project right now. We have players on long-term contracts, and those who are not on long-term contracts are extremely young and. They have proven they are already experienced at this stage. So I think that gives me the confidence to go next season even with more hope that we will do much better than we did this season. Yeah. Can we just can we um um I I, I don't want to say anything, but basically can we just can we can we just um, leave next season for next season? Because I don't <laughs> think I don't think we can agree on this, but I yeah. I, I seriously doubt that City will be in the final next season. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just leave next. You know, you never. They, there's a soily saying that Impira would do. That. You never know the future. You can't. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but there's a guy on Twitter. His name is Euro Expert. Um, you can follow him on Twitter. Shameless plug at Euro Expert underscore. Um, he tweeted um back in January saying that um City and Chelsea would actually be in the final back in January when uh it was I think the round of before the round of the round of sixteen. Um, in May, he tweeted that Chelsea are going to win the Champions League. He said, I think City will struggle more mentally. Tuchel and Pepper are evenly matched, but City will not score and Chelsea will win 1 0, which actually was a very bold prediction in, in um, at the start of May. But uh, most people have actually started going um, on his profile on Twitter asking him when Barcelona will win next, when Arsenal <laughs> will win next. Yes, this is still one. Yeah, 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 basically. basically. <laughs> um, 
but it is it's actually it's actually not not someone not uh there's not a magician or anything is actually an ethical um um member he analyzes the game um, but My problem with these Twitter predictors is that most of them are frauds. They they write tweets about every possible prediction. Then they go private. Then when when the result is over, they may, they delete all those wrong takes and now everybody can suddenly see oh he predicted this. You'll never see these tweets in January. You'll never see them. But suddenly after <laughs> final tweet that was tweeted 7 months ago, these people they tweet every possible prediction. They can go and tweet uh, maybe let's say there are four teams in the same they say this team will win, this team will win, the other one will win. So those are four predictions of which I know one of them will go right. Then after the final I delete the wrong ones and then I push propaganda for the one calling then I pretend to call myself oh, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet. Don't read much into one this analysts uh, don't read much into them because that's what they do. They make many predictions, they delete the wrong ones. Then, then people now start seeing them as some prophets, uh, you know, new janja too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a question maybe for you, Bob, about about. Yeah. Uh, do you think uh, it was uh, wrong for Pep to bench Sajeku uh, Naguero basically because because he this was this was the this was an, a dream for a player to 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 leave City with the Champions League trophy. So, do you think? Pep to bench him in that in that uh, match. Uh, I I like to say this is a tough one, but in football there's no fairy tales. There's no fairy tales. Kun could have started and he could still have lost. So I think Pep when Pep went to the final, he was just like, let me field my best possible team tactically that can match Chelsea. It wasn't about fairy tales or making happy endings. Uh, but I believe Kun should have started much earlier. In, before Jesus, Sergio Aguero, Sergio Aguero should have come on like before Jesus came in. Uh, but I don't know. You know, football. This is just a game of wide margins. Small, small things are what is what determines the outcome of the game. So I'll just choose to believe that it wasn't our day. But I know our day is coming soon. Yeah. Um, also, I think um, I think I, I, this 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 is something that they should I should actually throw at throw at Mutoni because um, it was he was actually the man of the match um, in the game. He was the man of the match in the semi-finals. He was the man of the match against Porto, I think. Also, Golo Kante, man, Golo Kante. Um, I think just um, looking at his at his history in 2014, he's made in, he's made, he made his Nippon debut with Sin. Um, 2015, he joined Leicester for 9 million euros. In 2016, he won the Premier League with Leicester. In 2017, he won the Premier League with Chelsea. In 2018, he won the World Cup with France. In 2019, he won the World the, Euro, the Europa League winner with he won the Europa League with Chelsea. In 2021, he's the Champions League winner. Obviously, in a game that was man of the match. Basically, should Ngolo Kante get the Ballon d'Or 2021? Can I okay. go first? Okay, go first, Bob. Okay, you, you see, uh, today I was thinking a lot about the Ballon d'Or. I think Ballon d'Or means Player of the Year. You know, Kante is Kante is not even in the discussion for. He was not even Chelsea's Player of the Season. Kante was not even is not even in discussion for the Premier League Player of the Season or even in the Premier League Team of the Season. Golo Kante has played well in the last four games of the Champions League. Or maybe in the knockouts, knockout rounds, Kante should not win the Ballon d'Or. Kante should win UEFA Best Player. 
let the balloon the all be given to the player who has shown consistent performance from the leagues to the cups to the champions league everything should be considered the season has 60 games not four games if you give kante the balloon the all then it means you'll be awarding somebody who has just played well in like five games out of 60 games probably out of the 60 possible games in a season so about time people stopped judging a whole year worth of football based on three games. So Kante should be the UEFA player of the season. That one has no problem. He deserves it. But for the Ballon d'Or, there are better performance. I can go with the, the better players all over Europe who have been consistent since last year, September to April this year. That's what matters, not what, what has happened between the last three months. Over yeah, who do you think will win the Ballon d'Or? Uh, who, who I think should win? Okay, for me, uh, I don't want to sound biased, but most people think I'm biased. Um, personally, <laughs> I can already tell what we are going to say. Okay, you know, personally, I'll say that uh, I, I, my, my choice for Balundo has to go either if KDB can win, if KDB on, or Ruben Diaz can push their teams to the Euros, one of them deserves the Balundo because they have been relatively consistent over the whole season. And even losing one game should not change what they have done over the past 60 seasons. So for my two picks are Kevin De Bruyne or Ruben Diaz, depending on what they do. In the euros yeah it's not shocking that you have not included Lewandowski in your list man oh oh oh, oh yeah yeah sorry sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> He has 40 goals of course he has done so well through the season and he deserves some recognition okay so speaking of ngolo I think I think Bob Bob Bob, Bob has said as 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 finalized uh, what I really wanted to say Angola uh, has been exceptional to Chelsea's perform uh, w- winning the, the Champions League but um overall season performance not fit for Ballon d'Or but you see also UEFA and FIFA on their own um sometimes I usually, I usually feel like they also, they also they also don't stick on that because um look at this other season when Van Dijk really deserved that but uh, i felt uh, they, they still gave messi so even if we, we are coming up with our imaginary uh, contenders uh, <laughs> as for me as for me as for me uh, if if they ask me who should win i think leondowski should win that thing this year but uh, you will wait and see none of these people are saying yeah we'll be giving that ballon to <laughs> Basically, but um, the, obviously the one thing that you guys should know is that the Balondo is given in December, which is the I, Bob. I think you should know this. The Balondo is not given for um, for, for, um, a player playing since September. It's since January, and obviously okay. um, Chelsea was a very terrible place when Lampard left. Um, Tuchel has actually, if obviously it's, it, right now it's easy to overlook the way um, how far Chelsea have come since January because of how they have ended their season, but they have actually. Tuchel has actually um, um, thrown Golo back in the team, which he, he wasn't playing that much under Lampard. He has played really well since January, and this is why I would make the case for Golo. He has played really well since since January. His form during the knockout stages is actually form that he has carried over from the Premier League. So he has been very consistent. He has been very crucial to Chelsea's season, getting them to the FA Cup final, getting them into the top four, getting them to the Champions League, and actually being one of the match in the Champions League final. 
Um, depending on how he finishes the season, depending on how France play in the Euros, depending on how this year ends for Golo Kante, I would actually make there's a very I would actually make a case that there's a very strong case that he's in the conversation for Ballon d'Or. And also the fact that the Ballon d'Or is a competition um, that is given by French football writers, and Golo is French through and through. I would for me I I don't think there's a there's a obviously the Ballon I would not choose a more humble, a better person to be given In my opinion, obviously, I, would, I, I actually thought that Lewandowski would get the Ballon d'Or um, back then when they gave uh, Messi, not Messi, uh, back last season when they cancelled it. But I would actually prefer it if Ngolo won this season over Lewandowski, although Lewandowski has, has played really well and has magnificent records. Um, man, uh, yeah, go on. Do you have anything? Uh, you see, the uh, okay, maybe Balloon de Oil, as you said, starts in January. You know, the problem with this voting is that it's public, it's PR, a lot of PR. So the journalists yeah. is just the journal the journalists vote based on narrative. So the narrative yeah. right now, the narrative that is alive right now is that Kante, Kante, Kante. So I know Kante will win it in 2020, but I think it is important for people to start analyzing football based on. Like the 50, 50, 40 matches that happen throughout the year, not four, five matches. Eh? I know people love the big moments, but even these small games, if, if you don't beat Porto, you don't beat, you don't face Madrid. If you don't beat Madrid, you don't face Man City. So you can't discredit a player who helped perform. Who helped? Uh, you can't discredit a player who performed in the round of 16 because he didn't perform in the in the final. Because if he did not perform in the round of 16, then he could not have gotten to the quarters. Let every game have some weight when it comes to deciding who wins these awards. When I checked Chelsea pages, uh, Mount is the player of the season. Actually, Mount uh, Mount. Uh, Mason Mount has been the play of the season. I don't know who was the other. I think Mendy. Those are the two performers yeah, from the Chelsea. I, I think Mendy. I think Mendy is more of a play of the season than Mount. Yeah, yeah. So you can't just. I think when Kante Kante will win it based on narrative, but he has not been Chelsea's best player over the season. And similarly, he has not been the best footballer this season. Sadly, but I know narrative will triumph over logic so but he's a good yeah. player can't he? one class one of the best midfielders of all time but i think balloon the talk no no but you have a best player you have a player of the tournament is ngolo kante that one i agree balloon the talk for me is a little immature or uh, is a little biased to other players who have performed more consistently since the season started yeah but obviously since the season started but since january ngolo man ngolo is the best player for chelsea since january um, obviously, we'll move on. We'll move on yeah. from this. But I think I think Thomas Tuchel was. This was obviously Abramovich was, was at the stadium. This was actually this. I think the first time or the second time that he has met with the manager. And there's talk that Tuchel will actually meet with the board, with the Chelsea board, in the next few days to sign a new contract until June 2023, plus <laughs> an option to extend for one year. Obviously, we are being told that he's already planning for new signings together with the club. This is according to Fabrizio Romano. I'll throw this at Marsh. How gassed are you that to hear this news? Um, I, really can't ex- I really can't explain my feelings. <laughs> you don't want to give uh, I want. I want uh, I'm really excited for to kill to sign. 
sign uh, this contract at Chelsea because when you see the, the work he has done Chelsea, man. When he came yeah. to Chelsea, when he shambles, really, I, I honestly speaking, I lost all hope Chelsea. But you see, when Tukel came, it, it changed the mentality of that squad. You can see players like Marcos uh, Alonso, what he learned recruiting here. As Piliqueta, well. they're now now they're they're now performing. You can see you can see them enjoying the game. You can see them playing the, with their whole heart. You no, know, Tuchel has brought that has brought that winning mentality in this player. So I'll be definitely happy, very happy when you extend that contract. Yeah, how good was Rudiger in the final one? That blow against Piliqueta. Uh, okay, first he, he he tweeted and apologized to Kevin De Bruyne and he said uh, he. He called him personally and apologized, and they're at good yeah, terms. class, man. And they're good terms. Man. That's world class from Rudiger. Class, I respect that. Uh, but when you see when you see Rudiger, Rudiger is a very good quality player. He can command that defense very well. Uh, when you want when you want clean sheets, I think you should play Rudiger. <laughs> when, when the game is really hard, the game is really, really hard and really intense. I think Rudiger should be there. He has a way of calming that defense. No? Bob, will you will you buy Rudiger in your fantasy next season? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh fantasy! <laughs> it depends. If if Tuchel continues playing his Atletico style of playing, whereby he plays with forty defenders, I think you can buy Rudiger for. <laughs> 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 those free fantasy points for clean sheets but also Rudiger has a goalie and there and assist and there um, but uh, when, okay, let me talk about Tuchel extending the contract can I be bold Tuchel will not be at Chelsea by the end of next season we, we usually see these things every time in football okay the ball coming come on the <laughs> bold prediction it's April 2022. Tuchel is no longer Chelsea's coach. He will be sacked by December. That is my bold prediction because I believe that they're just a word. This is just short term thinking of a long term planning. Okay, Tuchel did well, but they have these things every time. A coach comes, he does some transformation. Boom, given 500 million to sign. Boom, given a 40 year contract. Then three months into the season, four months, the players will turn against Tuchel. We, we know these things. By January, everybody to shell out, to shell out, to shell out. Thank you for the memories, but it's time to go. Then by February, uh, the new coach of Chelsea will either be Conte coming back again or even Lampard. Okay, Lampard may be at Palace, but Tuchel will not finish next season at Chelsea. That is my bold prediction. Mutoni, you care to comment before I... Predictions. The way we are, we are, we are, we are, we are really thrashing people. Oh, ah. <laughs> it was one goal. It was one goal. That's not a right. Four games from Man City next season. To make a prediction. Make it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. For, for me personally, you know, when you look at okay, he, he said that uh, it's just that a coach comes to a team transformation. He brings that transformation. Then, then boom. Then shit happens. Mm-hmm team starts collapsing collapsing you know but you know when you see when you see how Tuchel thinks he's a tactical genius like Pep Guardiola you know i don't really think he will he will be fired because he, he has he has a way of 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 reading how the game how the game how the game is going he has a way of 
he's a tactical genius i could say that so i don't i don't i don't really agree with the job prediction uh we'll see we'll see we'll see yeah but obviously obviously bob, bob is not thinking about this um based on sentiment because mm-hmm. obviously we know we know the 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 portfolio that that abramovich has yeah i know we have we have yeah. we have a history of firing coaches yeah he has gone through um for, i think 17 managers in 14 years which is actually a very a very a very big start that you cannot overlook but here here is what i'm going to say about stuke um I'm a, I'm a man united fan and honestly honestly i i look at stuke's press conferences i look at him um on on the sidelines i look the way his teams his teams play and I actually think why didn't man united go and get this play, this manager is for me that's how big an, an admirer i am of thomas stuke and actually I, i i read something this week i think not this i read something on sunday which is an eye opener for me i think back in 2014 or uh, or something when pep was ban he was tearing through the bundesliga like no one's business and tuchel was at mines um obviously he was he was a young coach then but the, the, man, the managers in germany were meeting and they were they were actually catching up on, on the season and everything and obviously Tuchel approached Pep. Um, it was basically people are talking about um, what they what they are going to do during the holidays and everything. And Tuchel was basically um, imploring Pep, asking him questions about the way he plays, the way he thinks in games, the way he adapts, the way everything and everything. And he was doing this over champagne and wine, which is. <laughs> which is for me you can you cannot get a manager who is more dedicated than that who after the season is done is actually looking to the best managers asking them to to asking them questions in order to get better to get better and obviously Tuchel had met had met against Pep I think he met um I think five times um before 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 coming to Chelsea he had met him five, four, five times um Pep had won four games and obviously they drawn one but right now Tuchel has won 3 with Chelsea i think i think um currently at the moment Chelsea could not ask for a better manager and i think abramovich would obviously abramovich is a madman um but you you would be very mad but um at, at the, if they struggle during the season for me i think you can't get a better manager at the moment and he has you know Tuchel has a way of bringing the best out of players yeah. i i could say you know uh medal is also um, getting rewarded with the contract up until June 2022 next season but basically that's that's the Champions League final um, we're going to wrap this up over 45 40, 45 minutes and, and counting for 6 minutes we're going to